Hi, this is Stephanie Hansen with the Makers of Minnesota. I am known for suggesting local products and highlighting Minnesota companies through my networks. I utilize my personal assets with stephaniesdish.com and the Makers of Minnesota podcast to help amplify brands. If you'd like to take that experience a little bit further, I would love to help you. The way we can do that is through social media management, where I help you with your Facebook and your Instagram posts. So many of the entrepreneurs that I know just hate doing social media, and I love it. I can also help you with PR, publicity, getting the word out about your products. Maybe you need some recipe development, or maybe you need someone that can help you find some influencers that will actually move the needle on getting your product bought. You can find me at shansenmarketing at gmail.com. That's shansenmarketing at gmail.com if you want to explore ways to amplify your brand in 2021. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Makers of Minnesota, where we talk to cool people doing cool things. I'm Stephanie Hansen, and I'm here with Laura Mum, and she has a company called Soda Cracklers. And I am looking at her because we're Zooming, of course. And I know Laura is a mom because we had to like schedule during the window that the kids are down. And (laughs) I'm looking at the Zoom, and she's got toys in her living room. And Laura, I cannot wait to talk to you because you are someone that your whole stuff has changed during the pandemic, like your whole yes. business, because you're having kids at home. What does yes. like an average day look like as an entrepreneur? You know, it's a lot of squeezing in work wherever you can, which is not ideal. <laughs> and then it's also working after they go to bed, for sure. I mean, I think that that was kind of the same before the pandemic. Sure. You know? The big thing that was a change for me was that I had a baby right at the beginning of the pandemic. Like I had a baby and then a, I was reading about the pandemic in Italy and China while I was in the hospital. <laughs> and then a few weeks later, the preschools closed, all the schools closed. So all of a sudden I had two a newborn and um, a a three-year-old at the time at home. And I was on maternity leave, which was a planned maternity leave. So all the stores that I wholesale with had either put in large orders prior to my maternity leave, which was great, or they were planning to do big orders, you know, right when I returned. So I was actually about to come back after four weeks of maternity leave, and then all the shutdowns happened. And so I think all but one store canceled their orders or postponed their orders rather. So all of a sudden, you know, I hadn't had any income for like four weeks, basically. (laughs) And I was like, oh, okay. My big, my biggest revenue stream shut down. Ironically, the store that kept their order was for the airport, the Minneapolis uh, St. Paul airport. They had have uh, me at two stores, which is wonderful. Um, And they wanted to keep going you know, at that time. And they're, they're still with us. It's just a little slower, obviously. And so, yeah, so that was, that kind of leads into the big pivot of adjusting to the pandemic, which was, you know, initially we're thinking, oh, how long could this last? What, like two, three weeks, you know, we'll be fine when we come back after a month or something. And then, you know, the stores were still shut down and yeah, it, uh, we just, I decided like, well, I'm going to have to start selling these online. So you're you're known for these candles that crackle. Candles, yeah, there you go. They're cute. They're in these jars. 
candles are a, a company, like there's a high markup and fragrance is really an important part of it. Can you tell me how you got into the candle making business? And then we'll kind of circle back to what it looks like today. Yeah. Prior to doing this business, I've been in business for myself for uh, more than a decade doing whatever. This was not my first business. I owned a tailor shop. I used to do a lot of sewn goods in terms of like crafting um, retail type products. And then after my first daughter was born, that was just not incorporating into motherhood at all. You know, scissors, pins, needles, wasn't it? And the handwork, yeah. And and the handwork, and it was just really time consuming. And I knew that I needed to kind of form a new business that would work for what my new lifestyle was. And that meant I I knew I only wanted to wholesale and not be shipping out little, you know, ones and twosy orders. And I knew that I wanted something that I could do in batches. And I really fell in love with the idea of doing candles. I had been kind of watching some other candle makers and, and stuff online and looking at the process. And, um, you know, I did my due diligence research and everything too. And I, I particularly was romanced by this idea of the, the wooden wick and um, as something really unique. And I had really never seen that. Be- I certainly had never seen it in a store. And so at that time I was only seeing it online. And um, so I really wanted to try it out. I contacted two different stores that I had uh, relationships with selling. And I said, well, I'm thinking about switching to candles and trying would you be willing to put these on your shelves if I, if I do this? And they said, yep, we definitely try it out. And that was enough to just get started. So then you have the process of, you know, just creating your business and, and the, the branding surrounding it. And I loved the idea of doing something Minnesota because I'm born and raised in Minnesota. I've actually only lived in Minnesota. I've traveled, but I've only lived here. And so I, I really liked that idea, although that does, you know, from a business standpoint, it does kind of limit my territory to Minnesota or maybe Western Wisconsin or uh, Eastern Wisconsin. Anyway, Western Wisconsin. Yeah. So anyway, I started doing these candles and they went well. And my first, some of my earliest scents are still remain to be my most popular scents. And I think people have really fallen in love with the the fact that they're very evocative of what it's like to live in Minnesota. My most popular scent is the Northwood scent and it's a balsam pine with a little Fraser fir and a little clove. And it just it takes you to the woods. It reminds you of going on a hike. Another one is Lake Superior Splash. Uh, another one is Gooseberry Falls, which is, I, I feel like I don't talk about that one enough, but it's a really fabulous scent. It's gooseberry and then cedar. And so what I've, you know, I did shows the first couple of years, and t- until the pandemic, basically. Sure. <laughs> I was also doing shows. So I had basically two places that I was selling the candles, um, wholesale to stores. Is it, the, is it the wooden wick that makes the crackle? Yeah. Yep. So it's the wood that crackles just kind of, it's like a little mini fireplace and it creates kind of a crackle sizzle sound. Um, the candles are, they're soy candles, so they burn very clean. The soy wax is um, Midwest grown soybeans. So it's, and the wicks are sustainably sourced. Uh, there's a, like a reforestry program that the wick supplier works with. Sure. So I, you know, I wanted to be able to feel good about the product itself in that regard too. The feedback I hear from customers when I do shows and I get that really valuable, wonderful customer feedback is just that the interpretation of the fragrances is 
interesting and unique. And they often use the word accurate, which I think is the most flattering thing they could say. <laughs> they say, oh, that's really accurate. It really smells like a bonfire or, right. you know, I have one called backyard bonfire that people love. Even, you know, holiday season, they're saying that too. So I do love the idea that you were prepared in some respects by your serial entrepreneurism because you could reach out to existing retail relationships. It gave you, I think, a leg up and might explain why you're still here a year later in the pandemic and why you made the decision to pivot Mm -hmm. to online sales. When did you know you had to do online sales? Because I think it's interesting that you didn't want to ship onesie twosies. I totally get that. And then all of a sudden it's like, oh, I got to ship onesie twosie. Yeah, that was a tough decision. Um, You know, before I was doing soda cracklers, um, I used to sell stuff on Etsy. And that was fine when I didn't have kids because I could run to the post office and all that. But it is it's an enormous amount of work to pack, you know, tons of orders, individual orders. And it's, it's a huge difference because I, I want everything that I do with this business to be top notch. And so when I to online sales was when basically my revenue streams completely dried up and were shut down. So I was selling two stores and at at the time when the pandemic started, I probably had about 25 different stores that I retail to or wholesale to rather. And all of a sudden that wasn't happening. And then um, I would also do in-person shows and those were totally off the table as well. So I was like, well, what am I going to do? The only thing left is to do online and to kind of help alleviate the onesie twosie problem. I decided to sell my candles in themed sets. You know, most of the time at shows, customers really weren't buying a single candle anyway. They like to buy maybe three or so, or even more. Yeah. So I I did sets of um, three, four ounce candles or two eight ounce candles. And that was really deliberate so that they could both ship in the same size box. <laughs> because you have to think of logistics too. It, it has to be well thought out in terms of how how much packaging do I have space to store or how is the postage going to work out and how does that go, transfer to the customer and what are they willing to pay in shipping and wh- versus what am I eating and my shipping cost. So yep. And it, free shipping really is kind of a know. minimum expectation for lots of people, isn't it? Yeah. It, we're really used to free shipping. Like I'm no different. Like I have my Amazon prime account, you know, <laughs> I definitely couldn't offer completely free shipping because candles are heavy. They're candles and glass jars. Each set costs over $7 to ship, but I actually charge my customer $3 per box. I just decided to do a flat rate $3 per box charge, even though they cost more than that. And that's okay. I wanted the packaging to be great. And I wanted it to be um, where you get this real treat in the mail. And yeah. You'll peel off that beautiful kind of a, packaging tape. Yeah. <laughs> candles are... I don't want to say a luxury item necessarily, but it's a little luxury that isn't something that a lot of people maybe buy for themselves. It's more of a gift item. And I started buying candles for myself, but I always felt a little like dangerous when I did it, you know? And well, especially if you're buying a candle, that's not like a $3 candle from the target bullseye spot. Right. When you're buying a $10 or an $18 candle, that that is kind of a luxury item, but it is an affordable luxury. And mm-hmm. 
that was something that also surprised me during the pandemic was that I thought, oh my God, you know, everybody's um, getting furloughed and, and laid off and who's going to still be buying these. And it turns out a lot of people, even people that, you know, maybe friends, it isn't an affordable luxury. And I think we all just had so much taken away from us at the start of the pandemic. We couldn't go anywhere. We couldn't do our restaurants or do the things that we love to do. And the best thing we could do is make our homes cozy and give ourselves a little TLC and some self-care and lighting a really nice candle can definitely give you a little sense of peace back. Can I ask you a mom question? Sure. I have wondered, I have a brother that had a baby right as the pandemic started as well. And my neighbor just had a baby too. Her baby is, I think, about a year. And I just wonder what it's like to have children that are little in this pandemic. And do you worry like, okay, my neighbor, the kid has never seen a target. It's never really seen people, you know, I, and, and her other daughter is I think four and, you know, there's no preschool. And as a mom, do you worry about like what they're missing in terms of the interaction? Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. We've worried about that. My daughter now is at a preschool. She started back at preschool in the fall and, you know, she's in a small class of eight kids and they're masked. Everybody's masked. And it's been such a a godsend to have her back. And it's only, you know, it's, it's three half days a week, you know, it's, it's just a few hours, but, um, to get those few hours, I I couldn't be doing this podcast if she was not at school right now. Right. Um, and then with the baby, yeah, we, we really worried about that lack of socializing because I feel terrible for this kid, this poor boy. He has never gone to a story time at the library. He has very, he has never seen another baby in person, except for, you know, across the street in a stroller or something, you know, at a quite a distance. Um, he's never gotten to like sit face to face with another baby, like the way you would normally do with little ones. I took him to the pet store recently to get a goldfish for my daughter. And um, he was like jacked. He was like all flirty with the clerks, like just all smiles. He was looking all around like, and to see the few animals in the cage, you know, a hamster and like a bird, it was the closest he's going to get to going to the zoo. Right. So yeah, we've definitely worried about those things. The thought that brings me back down to kind of reality and realizing that I don't need to worry too much about it is I, this is really silly, but I think about Little House on the Prairie and I think about how the, uh, the Ingalls family lived in the middle of nowhere in their little cabin and they had the kids and they did not have neighbors and people used to live without Yes. A lot of socializing. People used to live much more isolated and we didn't have all those things and they did not turn out weird. Yes. You know, people yes. are well balanced, you know. And we're just, we're, it's just something we're not used to. I just, yeah. I was wondering, I've always wanted to ask my neighbor, you know, when she sees me, she scurries back inside because she's so nervous. And I've just, I've always thought, gosh, that must be so hard. And I just moved into yeah. a new house in October and I know one person. Yeah, we uh, wish we could get to know our neighbors a little bit more. Another like parenting thing, uh, we we did get new neighbors next door and there's there's a fence between our houses and they have kids and our daughter and one of their 
daughters became friends through the fence, not being able to play with each other, but they would like pass little drawings and stuff through the fence to each other for months. And we just didn't feel okay enough about them having even an outdoor play date until really recently, you know, we'd gotten through the holiday season, cases are going down, we felt really good about comfortable with the safety and we talked to the parents and stuff. And so they got to have their first like outdoor backyard play date. And you could just tell like for both kids, it was like the best thing ever to be able to play with another kid. So when beautiful, but heartbreaking. So yeah, yeah, I can imagine. What do you, so you, you pivot to the online sales and you know, a lot of entrepreneurs like, oh, I had to go online, but then there's the challenge of how do you get your customers to go online, right? Because just because you have a great website doesn't mean anyone finds it. So then marketing becomes a big play. Are you a big social media marker or how are you getting people to the website? So the, the main social media that I do is Instagram. It's very conducive for a product-based business because it's, it's photos, it's all photos and it's creating that is creating that that romance and that vibe of around your product. And so, you know, link to website and profile <laughs> is one and just really constantly pro- posting that like, hey, we're selling online. And thankfully, you know, I've been in business for over three years when the pandemic hit. So I'd already started to have some devotees that were coming back. Um, I still didn't know if anybody really would go to the website and purchase. So the day that I kind of turned everything on and it went live, I was surprised and thrilled to get seven orders that day. And so, you know, I might, um, okay, we're in January now. It's, this is not high candle season. You know, I might have some days where I don't get any orders. I might have some days where I get two. I might have some days where I get eight. I didn't, I don't like to do a lot of promotions. I don't like to train the customer to expect a coupon the way Bed Bath & Beyond does. Right. You know, if you buy something from Bed Bath & Beyond without that 20% off coupon, you're like a sucker. <laughs> Um, and I don't, I don't care for that style of doing business. I do, but during the holiday season, I also did, um, really want to make it a focus that because we weren't getting together with our loved ones that you could very easily send them a gift that would be packaged in a way that it was like a gift. And so I did video. I have a couple of videos that I made, like unboxing videos where they could see exactly how, you know, their friend might open it and see right. how beautifully packaged it was. Um, I made it, tried to make it very easy for people where, oh, for free, we will include like a little handwritten gift note. Mostly, yeah, just used um, Instagram. And I do post on Facebook too, but I don't, it's not really a primary way of doing things. Have you started Instagram shopping yet? I have not. And it's mostly because um, <laughs> with the kids, it's really hard to sit down and like focus on learning something new. <laughs> So uh, that's what, yeah, it's kind of on the back burner that I might work on that later, but it hasn't really been a problem. And the other thing is that because the online retail is not my ideal way to operate, I really, really do want my customers to be purchasing from local brick and mortar shops. If they're able to go out, mask up safely, get to the stores, I would much rather that people buy my candles at one of their nearest retailer brick and mortar shop 
because these stores are great. You know, over the past several years, I've established really great relationships with the buyers and it, even like the largest stores, like they're just regular people. They're trying to they're just like your neighbor, you know, yeah. and supporting these brick and mortar shops is so important too. And where some are people some feel the like they want to buy directly from me, but if you can get out to your brick and mortar retailer, please shop that way. Where can people find you at brick and mortar? Soda Clothing Co. in St. Louis Park, um, the general store of Minnetonka. Um, I like you in Minneapolis and St. Paul. Um, there's a lot in greater Minnesota, too. Um, there's some like Zenith Bookstore in Duluth. You know, I think we're, oh gosh, let's see who's recently put an order in. Um, Leader in Cambridge. Uh, sure, sure. <laughs> you know, there's a, there's a lot of stores, um, and my website has a list of all the stockists. So I that's been been another thing is that I've just tried to encourage um, customers to okay go to the website, see where it is, and also I've been trying to update customers via the Instagram and social media of oh there's a new restock happening at you know store X Y Z. Um, so head over because the candles do actually sell out relatively quickly. And so some people, especially if they're looking for a particular scent, like they do head to a store, um, based on an Instagram post. I'm excited to talk to you today. You and I have circled the wagon a little bit, so (laughs) good to finally be able to feature you on the podcast. Thanks for sharing, Laura. Thanks for sharing some of your personal story too. I just, I really admire, and we're reading a lot of horrifying statistics about a lot of women that have been sort of pushed out of the workforce because they're at home. And I just love that you're scrappy and hanging in there because I do think we're, we're within the home stretch here. And I'm glad that you've made it this far. And I look forward to running into you at, at some retailer stocking your shelves or some market, right? Yeah. And I I look forward to getting back to doing those in-person shows when it's safe to do so. Um, You know, not until then, of course, but yeah. And as far as women getting, you know, pushed out of the workforce, that, that is absolutely a concern. And I, I definitely consider myself lucky because I was already kind of working from home and doing the, the double duty of the childcare. And so challenging though it has been, (laughs) it, it has been reasonable to handle. So yeah. Well, thank you. It is Soda Cracklers and I will put a link in the show notes so that people can find them. And I'll also be putting you on our Facebook and our Instagram and people should buy candles because they're lovely. Her scents are great and it's a little luxury. Thank you very much for having me. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye.